Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Secrets of anti-gravity propulsion and sub-quantum kinetics. These are both ideas that I learned from Paul A. Lavoilette in his book called The Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion and his theories on sub-quantum kinetics. And um, I, the book, I believe I first read it in 2007. Vlad, welcome, Vlad. How you doing? Doing all right. Just washing some clothes right now. What, what about you? How's your day? Pretty good, man. Um, I went to a a LARP event earlier today. L A R P LARPing. Do you know about LARPing? What is that? No. 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 It's a live action role playing. So it's kind of, you know, people dressing up in medieval uh, outfits and. Oh, that kind. Okay. Well, over here they just call it medieval, Renaissance medieval, but I didn't know. Well, there, there's, cool. well there's stuff like that, but um, this one is a sort of a, is a combat one because we actually use shields and weapons. And so yeah. we're, uh, you know, going into you know combat beating each other yeah. down with uh, the weapons so uh-huh so you said you're doing your laundry Sorry, now huh? well, I was oh, that's just, cool man it's just uh, you know I, I said take it i should have been doing this last night but i got a little bit lazy and i said you know yeah yeah glad you should have been you know so what happened to your friend sarah um what do you mean what happened no, I thought you guys were getting together today to continue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were going to do um, another reading of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I uh-huh. forget exactly which story she was going to read, but it's a, it's a popular one. Um, but she was having, she sure. just, uh, I, I've been talking to her on and off throughout the day. She's been having some difficulties uh, with her phone just recently. Her phone just died. I was actually on a Clubhouse with her. And I was doing um, I was doing my neuroscience news reading for World Reading Club, and I read three articles. Um, and then she was on one of them. The first one, she came to the end, and I talked to her for a minute. And then her phone died, so yeah. she's been texting me through Colin. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of doing laundry. Yeah, neither am I, but um, I don't mind it because I I'm, I'm still I'm still very extremely sensitive about it. 
I still believe when oh. you should go to be doing this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Wow, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what you mean. Just, I'm old-fashioned, and I don't change for anyone, you know? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you a little story to sum up my ideas about that. So one day, uh, I, and it's an, it's an internet story, um, but I was... Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. I have the TV live. Just got back into the room. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was trying to uh, interpret the Spanish that I was hearing, but... pretty loud though that bloody hey so listen so i was um uh well i was losing my train of thought by being distracted by uh you, i had just told you that your laundry machinations doing the laundry the clothes you know washing the clothes oh right yes sir thank you very much an internet story i have for you about how i feel about what you just said so i was on uh instagram by the way everyone i'm at uniquilibrium uh, on Instagram as well, just like I am here on on uh, Wisdom, um, and I was uh, scrolling through different uh, videos, and and some people were posting doing live uh, videos on there. They still do, of course, and they were uh, posting their podcast. And I was looking at one video podcast on there, and there were some uh, nice uh, ladies um, who were hosting the show, and they had some guests on there. And they were talking about things like this. And this guy was going off about, yeah, man, if a woman don't cook or clean or wash clothes or nothing like that, you know, I don't know what she's bringing to the table. What's she bringing to the table? And I was like, man. Yeah. That's what I'm not, I hear that, brother. I'm I hear not, that, brother, but without the Listen, I'm not. Let, let me tell you, Hakeem. Hold I'm on. Kevin Samuel. Listen, wait, I didn't finish telling my story, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All so right. I heard that, right? And then I, like, it just really hit me. It was, You know, people talk about being triggered. And I went on there and I was like, hey, man, what's going on with this? I was like, I was like, that's not, I was like, is that really how you think right now? I was like, that doesn't compute with me. I said, I don't get that. I was like, I, I thought I, that you're saying that women, if they don't cook or clean or wash the clothes and stuff like that, then what good are they? I thought that that was kind of ridiculous, but. They're useless. They're already useless. Wow. You, you, uh, Kevin Savage said it straight out. You, you have the money. Do you believe you that? You got the money. I do believe that. What does a woman have okay. to offer other than modern day women now? Nothing but stupid feminist bullshit. They want a traditional man, but they don't want to be traditional. They don't want to pop out kids. They don't even want to have kids because oh, they don't want to ruin their body. They don't want the feminine roles the man expects. They don't know that you've got to dress up. You've got to be feminine to be attractive to your man. You've got to keep your weight down. Otherwise, your man leaves for another woman. Those are things that are realistic, my friend. Those are not questionable or negotiable shit. That is the straight out truth. Modern day women have triple the work that it did before. Yeah, you, you might have your PhD that you wanted. You might have the masters that you wanted, even two of them. But what you haven't been able to do that you're not successful is get a man. And that was much easier than the school and all that. Much easier. All you had to do was do your part and be a woman and be submissive about it. Something women don't like to be. That's why we have right now the generation, millennials and, and generations, these are failing us. They don't even want to be married. Because when, when I think like the song says, I don't want a competitive woman, a competitor, a competitor, like in the movie. I don't want a competitor. If that, if that would have been the case, I would have been gay a long time ago. You know what I mean? What? I would have been gay a long time ago. I don't want a buddy. I don't want a kind of like a woman, kind of like a buddy. 
that, that determines when we have sex. No, I want a natural feminine woman that desires a man and when expects a man to not only provide, she wants to work great, as long as there's no children at the beginning, but plays her role, knows her place, and does not come up with all this feminist garbage that, that, that American women are. Why do you think a lot of men, I don't know if you noticed this, actually, a lot of our American men from all races, especially white, why do you think they marry a lot of Asian women? Do you think they want to take on all the bullshit from white women, the feminist women that are coming out? Even if they, if they got it all, if they got the package, yeah. they're hot looking. But they have this masculine, unfeminine, you know, feminist attitude. Do you think men deserve that shit? That's not right. That's never right. You know, I, I personally have a trouble with that. It, it might take me longer, whatever, even if I have to go abroad to find a woman. I mean, we don't have really have this big problem in America with Mexican women. Wait, uh, Vladdy, Vlad, you're not, you don't, you're, you don't have, what do you mean go somewhere else? Women, I thought you were, um, are you married or you have, or are you? No, what I'm, what I'm telling you is this is in America. This is a first world problem. Okay. Where, where women, where women don't, don't uh, want to be real women. That's how you're going to see, you're probably seeing now a lot of single professional women that no man would want some. They, they're probably heartache. They probably had a heart, a, you know, broken heart and they got dumped twice or three times. And they said, you know, I had it. Why? Because of this very problem, Hakeem, feminism. Feminism is a poison to our nation. That's not a plus. It's a negative, a very big negative. It's very sad. A lot of people don't see it. They just, really? okay, we got to be equal. No, no, that's not being equal. You're turning the tables hard, you know, going from patriarchy to matriarchal. That's why they attack the white men that are, you know, very rich, the 1%, privilege, all this, which is very few, a small percent. Now, that's not the whole nation. And they, they come in, the way they're coming in right now, that's why a lot of them, they know it very, they think it's a crisis on our end. No, no. It's more women per men. It's a crisis on their end. They're not the ones that are being married. Men continue to get married. Men continue to get laid. The problem is not on our end. There's not a manosphere, man crisis bullshit. It's a, it's a woman's fear, woman crisis. Because they're not able to get the man that they want. Uh, uh, if, if, you ever see, if you were to see the, the videos on Kevin Simon, that I hope you do there on YouTube, his whole collection, you, you, you think different than how you see what, what, women right now. Wait, see, hold uh, on, hold on, Vlad. Vlad what, what, what videos are you talking about? Okay, just, just look in YouTube, just look into Kevin Simon. Okay? Well, I'm, that's what I'm asking. You got to slow down. What's his name, Kevin? Oh, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot of them. I just want you to just Vlad, look. Uh, his name. Kevin Samuels. Say it more slowly. Samuels, good. Say it slowly, please. Kevin Samuels. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Samuels. Gotcha. That's what I was asking. So just look into him. Check him out. He's going to come off misogynist. He's going to come off totally anti whatever you are. If you're if you're pro feminist, he's going <laughs> to slap you around. He's going to man you up. I'm not. Listen. He's going to man you up. Every, he's going to show you how to be a man. Vlad, let me tell you something. He's going to slap you around. He's going to offend you. Listen. With all he's that exists, extremely judgmental. But you know what? He got the job done. You marry people, and that's what matters. With all that exists, with all that exists, Vlad. What happened? I said, with Can all that exists. Can you raise your exists, volume a little bit, please? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Um, I said, with all that exists, I stand apart. Am I still really low? Am Are you I still, still my volume really low? You're good. You're good right there. Okay. All right. So. Uh, so, okay, so this gentleman's name is Samuels what? 
Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels. And he's not. Kevin Samuels. Said, Check him out on YouTube. Okay, so look, look at all your yeah, videos. Vlad, let me ask you a question here off. because I but, need to find out information. So Kevin Samuels, I don't want you to just tell me to look him up. What is he about? He, he's about, he's about? an image consultant. He's a he's graduate from a university, I think, in, in Texas. Okay, I don't, nobody cares about his credentials. I and I don't either. I don't care about his bio. What does he do? Uh, okay. Go ahead, ask me again. He's an Im- yeah, what does he do? He's an image consultant, and and what does he's that? He's an mean? image consultant, but he's, he's he speaks to to people. He he works with couples, and he works with people in general, and he addresses the cultural problems that we have with many women. And and he talks specifically to it, it's a cultural sensitive issue, but not solely only for blacks because he is black, or he was black. He died back in April. So he, he talks he talks to a myriad of he talks to a myriad of people, but a lot of what he says is extremely relevant across the board because it's not a black problem. You're hilarious. You said he was black because he died in April, dude. You're 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 crazy, Vlad. You're on your phone. That's so no, awesome. Well, I'm not saying he stopped being. I'm not saying he stopped being black. Like I said he he he, he, he was. I know. Was addressing it's just the way not, not that he stopped being black. So sorry. <laughs> he didn't stop being black it's just the thing is he spoke to the black community but it wasn't owned for the black community it was I, know, for all I know what you're saying it's just that how you said it was funny bro i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say if i contradict you myself sorry uh that he was no, he, no, stopped you, being, but he didn't stop being black he died a black man obviously right <laughs> black. but the thing is i started changing my attitude and my approach towards women i introduced kevin Sanders to friends and they're having success in their marriages, in their with their girlfriends. And my nephew, Bonafide, he told me, you up my game. I was already like Kevin Samuels with my white wife. I have a white Mexi- a Me- Mexican nephew who married a Mississippi girl. Okay. And she came in with some, all these masculine traits of a feminine. Very feminine in many ways. And she was, when they got together, very sexy. You know, she lost weight and all that. But as soon as I mean, she, everything that Kevin Samuels talks about, and when my nephew started hearing Kevin Samuels, it just affirmed what you already need, reaffirmed. And every friend that I've gotten, you know, for the guy that is not, doesn't even want to try, gets offended, the snowflakes and cowards and beta males, they immediately say, oh, how could you think of women? I shut the hell up. You know, I don't deal with them. Because those will end up single for the wrong reasons the rest of their life. I'll probably end up getting married with a family or something. So what I'm saying is, he's going to insult you. He's not politically correct, and he shouldn't be. Okay. But he tells you the truth. And it's going to hurt you. He's going to rattle your cages and ruffle your feathers. Because the way you see women, he's going to show that you've been doing it the wrong way. And if he does start to see all his videos, if you see one or two of his videos, it shows that there's something wrong with you. You're going to recognize it immediately, and you're going to start doing something about it. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, so this is the reason I, I listen to tough men like this. He wasn't an alpha male. He probably was. I'm not sure. But I listen to him. I listen to Dan Pena because our country is really sissified right now. The men are all-time low, dude. Lowest testosterone levels ever. It, it is just so sad the, the, how our country is. A lot of first world nations okay. with all this uh, progressive liberalism is taking men. I see you there, Chris. Well, I um, I I stand apart from almost all the ideas 
that anybody has about all of this stuff dealing with men and women and gender issues. Um, I'm not, I don't really have much to say about it because, um, not yet, right? You know, well, it's just humanity. You know why I, I mean, say not yet? It's, 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 hold up. You know why I say not yet? It's because you have not been challenged, my friend. The day you're challenged, you're going to start challenged, who you Challenged by you what? What does that exactly mean? You mean? When you're challenged to your thinking, you're. you're challenged you're how? You're, when you're challenged to the questions and, and the topics that Kevin Samuel brings up, you're either going to be for him but or see, you're going to be against that's him. Like, that sounds like. That sounds like problem agitate solve. You, you're telling me that when I when I get exposed basically to his thing, his questions, then all of a sudden I'm going to be stirred up. That's like advertising for. Well, like I said, it, not every man is stirred up because they're lined up. They just need to check themselves out where they're at, and some again, some, some will mm-hmm. be real from because they've been taught this all their life, and others won't. Others came from a different. Yeah background and, and, and that probably didn't have father and mother together because they were broken up, divorced, death, whatever. Yeah. And they're going to have to do a whole change. And this is what I like about Kevin Samuel that there's one of the reasons he was very critical and he was very controversial because he touched on the problems within the black community, but he knew very well that even though, again, it was a cultural sensitive topic when he spoke, meaning for his black culture, it yeah, really went beyond blacks. It's around across races, across people in all of the United States and different parts of the world. He knows very well that this was a problem. You know, well, and it's still an ongoing. Well, Vlad, he didn't. I appreciate. Go ahead. I appreciate your input on this, but I want to ask you a question. Um, what got you on this idea today? Because yesterday I was, <laughs> you had me reading. Over in Colin, I read a really great, interesting Bible verse, which was Genesis uh, 19, about uh, about Lot. That was cool. But I want to know today. And the Sodomites, yeah. And I'm gonna um, switch you out for a second because I want to talk to uh, my friend Chris here. But um, what what uh, made you think about this today? Because I, you know, you jumped on here, you were doing your laundry, uh, and then, um, you know. And we started talking about feminism and... Well, like, like I'll go back to the, the way I told you at the beginning. Yeah. I sometimes don't agree in doing laundry. I believe that's a woman's work and they should get with it. Oh, right. <laughs> that, that's what I believe, you know. Don't get me wrong. Glad you are impressive. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not your modern day man. I don't cut into that bullshit. I'm original, true man that your father probably was, your grandfather. That's the kind of man I line up with. A lot but of people, believe it or not, Hakeem, you, imp- I you impress me. You. I, I like you, but there's a lot of people that can't stand me because I'm too real. I'm too in their face. I'm too blunt. I'm too yeah. crass. And I'm an asshole. And I say that as a Christian. I'm an asshole. And I recognize well, that. Everybody, everybody who's who they are. So listen, I just want to let you, tell you, I appreciate you because um, you well, went from... Me too. I like you, Hakeem. Yeah, listen, let me tell you, let me say this. Because you went from talking about doing, you went from doing your laundry and then saying how you think that women should be doing this kind of thing. And then we went on this whole thing about feminism and everything. And I think that it's amazing that you have such passion and creativity that you can go on about something like that, which is very cool. Um, with that being said, I'm going to um, get Chris on here. And uh, Chris is probably more going to talk to me about the, what I put the title here, Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion and Subquantum Kinetics. 
You got it. Man. So listen, brother, if you're around, we can do another call later. I'm going to chat with Chris real quick, but um, uh, it's always good to see you. you. Yo, I'm, um, Cause uh, you've been a big support and uh, everybody, uh, you see Vladdy, uh, he goes by Vlad and another uh, app that we uh, play around in together and have discussions called call in. And so, He's awesome. He came over here to help another friend, and he helped out with a project that I had over here. So, um, lots of good people. I appreciate him. We don't agree on everything, but that's what I, I really love about him. We get to talk about really cool stuff. Um, Chris, hey, what's up? Man. Interstellar Frequency. Hey, man. Good evening. I I saw your title, and I was like, I like okay. This is I let's go there. I'm interested in this gravity <laughs> propulsion. Do you know much about yeah, Bob um, Lazaro at all? I mean, I know of Bob Lazar, and I know very little about how um, he, uh, you know, he had um, some insights into, like, the sport model, it was called, and a new element, 115, which eventually was discovered. Um, you know, he, even though he doesn't have very much formal training in physics. He was working on some top secret government projects. I've seen some interviews with him, but not much. I remember, I remember those, those basic like talking points, just like what I just said right now. Right. In the quantum and the quantum kinetics behind it, I was hearing, I don't, I didn't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not one that could brandish like history documents say, okay, this, 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 but I did hear about something where they were doing a acceleration of a gravity particle over in Europe or something like that in a big, big tube. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's CERN. You know about that, right? No. I, I, can you elaborate on it a little bit? Well, well CERN is, um, is, an, is a particle accelerator. And basically they use magnets to steer um, subatomic particles like photons um, around this track, this one-mile track underground. And it's underground so that it shields it from other radiation, other photons and other particles that, you know, come from cosmic rays and things like that. And so <clears throat> they use magnets and they start guiding some particles around the track in one direction. And then they guide the other particles in the track around the other direction. And they, they do their best with these magnets to accelerate them to as close to the speed of light as they can until they find, until they get them to to have a collision. Oh wow! And then when this, these particles collide at these near speeds of light, it releases the energy within them, with these, which is usually in the form of of a, a shower of all these other different subatomic particles. And they have different particle detectors um, and different bubble chambers, they call them, that show the scatter patterns and the swirl patterns of different uh, subatomic particles and um you know of course they, they they gather images of this and study it and this is how they discover some of the new uh smaller subatomic particles and constituents of um uh, of ones that we already know like like uh for example you know inside the inside the photons i mean inside the the proton um gosh hold on for a second inside the <laughs> the, the neutrons and the protons, right? There are quarks, and then these quarks are then held together by very uncreatively named 
gluons because they glue the the the, the quarks together in the nucleus of the um, the proton or the neutron, and also glue the protons and neutrons together in the atoms. So that's what holds them together, and that's called the strong nuclear force. Those are the gauge bosons or the vector bosons of strong nuclear force. Was that gluons. was that from that study that they were doing there? Is that how we ended up with the um, the I don't know what name of the satellite or whatever it was that they launched some kind of probe, but it has a it has an engine that's like an ion engine where it's I don't know, but I, I know that that project is called a, it's called a Large Hadron Collider. The one in oh, Geneva, yeah. it's called CERN, right? So, um, yeah. but I'm not sure about what you're talking about with the ion um, propulsion. But that's been an idea that's been around for like a hundred years. It's it's not new. I don't even. I mean, and I'm not even exaggerating. I think about the hundred years thing. Right. Um, it's just that the technology. Uh, like, for example, using sol solar sails or ion sails that are able to uh, make use of the, the pressure, the ionic wind, so to speak, right. to, to propel the uh, whatever craft or vessel they have attached to it. Um, and so, yeah, those are those are some of the the things that, you know, propulsion that that physicists and are looking for and, you know, rocket scientists and whatnot. And uh there are, I mean, some of the stuff that Bob Lazar was working on supposedly at Area 51, um, at that time there were all kinds of projects happening that were going with names like magnetohydrodynamics and electrogravitics and, um, you know, all those different kind of things that, so. I wonder, for a while, I wonder if yeah. that actually has anything tied back to the Giza Plateau at all. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure that we can find some kind of connection back to the Giza Plateau in that uh, we do know by looking at something like archaeoastronomy. Have you heard of archaeoastronomy? I'm uh, not sure. I, I probably know it, but I you, don't know the name. Yes, you, yes, exactly. You, I was just about to say that you may know it in practice of examples of it, but you may not know the name. And one of them, because you just mentioned the pyramids of Giza, one example is how the uh, the Orion's Belt constellation lines up exactly right with the Pyramid of Giza if you uh, so-called roll back the cosmic clock. Right. Meaning um, there, there's also – because, of course, we can look at the sky and we see how it moves and we can get a general idea of how fast everything is moving in relation to us and things like parallax and the angles and all that of, of how we see things and horizons. And uh, so there's software, one of them which is called Redshift – is a uh, software that you can use to show what the positions of certain stars were in the sky at a certain time. So, like, you can roll it back 10,000 years and see where the, where the stars were. And right. if you roll it back, like, 10,500 years or something like that, the the um, Orion's Belt constellation is lined up exactly with the, the three pyramids at Giza. Wow. With with that being said, do you are you – familiar too much about some of the discovery that they found there, that there are some so-called, uh, uh, oh God, I'm not 100% sure, but there was like some acid type stuff in the water and some, like, it supposedly might have been actually a ginormous generator of electricity versus an actual tomb, like we all thought. 
Well, um, actually, the whole idea of the pyramids being tombs uh, have been reported by many Egyptologists to be uh, an incorrect or um, not entirely accurate use of the pyramids in the first place. Because in the excavations, you'll find lots of tombs of pharaohs and their servants and many other people in surrounding areas and other smaller uh, burial sites uh, that are around the tombs. And, you know, they call this places the Valley of the Kings and whatnot. Uh, but um, there are very little, if any, uh, um, royalty or anybody buried in the pyramids. In fact, the pyramids were uh, thought to be by some Egyptologists uh, that they were simply uh, used for different rituals and observation, like um, astronomical and astrological observations. You know, I actually, if, if you want to jump on this what if moment for example, um, it's kind of a fun thought of mine. And I don't know if it will ever be proven true or not, but I had a thought process that it's a possibility like with the with the planet or the planet, the the actual pyramid itself was more of a transportation device where it takes physical matter like you and I in the main chamber with all the right tools necessary and then transport you from this location to the other side of the cosmos where the Orion's Belt, through the Orion's Belt, or give or take, to the other side of the universe. Which is kind of a, a, a strange thought that came across my mind on that, but it would almost make sense, but why else would, would the shaft be open in that direction as well as the other direction, and yet this one other direction you know what i mean sure i don't i don't have any clue why any of these things line up like that but um they're fascinating to me to for me to have these little bits of trivia in my mind and to understand you know some of the ideas related to them but um there's a a gentleman named scott onstott have you heard of him no i haven't and so on YouTube, he created a, a series of videos called Secrets in Plain Sight. And uh, Secrets in Plain Sight, uh, he's a, he, he's a, an, I think he's an engineer or an architect. And um, he, he uses mathematics a lot for measurements. I believe he's an, he's an architect uh, or some high level designer like that. I believe it's architect. Uh, architecture though some type of engineering civil engineering right. or something like that right, right. but either way he has uh, found uh, angles and lines and ginormous geodesic shapes that connect various ancient sites specifically uh, monoliths and new and neoliths that we have on the earth there are um, for example one example that pops to my mind is um, the Washington Monument uh, is in the center of a, a, what's known as a vesica Pisces. And a vesica Pisces is basically um, a symbol of a vagina or the reproductive center of a woman, woman or the, actually the vaginal opening. I've heard of that. Um, yeah, and it's um, – and, of course, the, the Washington Monument is like a phallus. And, and the Washington Monument is sitting right in the middle of it. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so Vesico Pisces basically is represented as sort of like a Venn diagram, but um, mm-hmm. sharing perfect, almost, uh, it looks like an eye in the middle where the circles overlap each other, sort of like that same right. eye shape. It's not quite an oval, but it's pinched up at the end. And uh, so, um, and then there are different angles around there, like there are giant pentacles and uh, hexagrams and uh, lines that go straight from you know, like Stonehenge to another site and sites in New York and different places here and there. So, um, so in a way, he breaks it's, it's almost like a connection. It's like, hey, this is, you know, we, we're still here and this is what we're doing and like a communication yeah. type way. So it, it would be time. more like a, a communication type way of to the outside um, or maybe could be. I mean, I don't know about a lot, of, but it's 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 fascinating because um, like other things that are encoded into it, like Scott Onstott points out in his video, for example, um, that the Washington Monument is um, 555 feet tall. Um, but what's interesting about that is that it that makes it 6,660 inches. Um, and so there are a whole lot of things where 555 and 666 show up in different measurements of things like that and that that also if you study and follow it around you can follow you can find all these other ancient sites connected to it and uh so i don't again i don't know it could be some kind of signaling or whatever and there could be some kind of communication behind it and, and there obviously you know it, it seems like there is i mean what what's interesting behind that is like the stonehenge and all these other ancient ancient stuff that's here that was long here before we ever got here and yet today they're still standing except for the new stuff that was you yeah. know, created here where we're at in the states but all the all the rest of the other stuff though well, you know like pyramids yeah and there other are stuff. a lot of ancient sites yes exactly that's isn't that fascinating how there don't you find it amazing how there are a lot of ancient sites that are still standing yes i mean I, 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 it's fascinating. I almost think looking at when I was looking at it in a way of a circular circumference of the earth and the geographical locations of these basically pyramids that have been overgrown by, uh, I don't know, earth and, and, uh, you know, nature per se, but yet they're there. It's almost like it's a ginormous defense mechanism. 
not necessarily like a weapon, but a defending shield of the outside. <clears throat> if that if yeah, that makes any be. sense, like depending on the focus of the mind and everyone around, you know, we're still learning the levels of consciousness within the human body, right? And the mind. Well, there's something. Yeah, that 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 very well could be. I mean, you never know. Um, there are some interesting things in that, like uh, um, that may be connected. For example, there's a book called Secret Mission. I forget who the two authors are, but I think they're one of the first places besides um, uh, man. I don't remember the other researcher's name at the moment, but it probably will come to me. But for example, it points out something very interesting about NASA. Uh, NASA, for example, uh, has, according to these researchers in the book, every single mission. Now, this should be mind blowing to anybody that hears this. And so, um, I need you. I think to I think I know what you're getting ready to say, but okay. Well, this is pretty mind blowing information, and maybe you do. So I'm gonna say a number. And when I say this number, you're going to know whether or not you know what I'm talking about or not. So the number is 19.5. Ooh, I've heard that one. All right, so check this out. This is so you, you've heard a lot of in news and stuff like that lately about the solar flares. Mm, I have, uh, yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> well, he, he, even if you haven't, or even if anybody has not. Uh, you know, some of NASA and certain news. I guess maybe I'm plugged into some different shit than people are. I don't know. And but... I just get news from a different location. You know, I'm I'm not right. That's I'm that... not getting news from the average news on media. You know. And that's exactly the point that I'm making. So that, um, that that I, uh, that there's different sources for, for news. Um, so maybe. Maybe I think maybe this, some of this stuff is in the mainstream. So, yeah, uh, you're probably not going to even hear about much of that because the thing is, is that you have your eyeballs on something completely different because you have your own agenda that, that has to do with exploration and understanding and mystery and figuring things out. Whereas what I'm talking about with this, all this stuff you may have been hearing about solar flares or some people might have heard about it. It is kind of a fear mongering and just getting people stirred up oh, yeah. about oh the solar flare can come and knock everything out. Yes, it could. So why are why are you not teaching people survival survivalism and you know showing people how to prepare you know meals and store seeds and do this? If you're so concerned, like why is there not some gigantic consortium and organizations all over the world preparing for solar flares for years and years and years and years? So maybe either it's not real and there it's just fear mongering or um they don't care about anybody and just are waiting for it to happen so most people will die but that's well, very I, dark I'm add, and add um, something to to that yeah. if you don't mind i because sure. the solar flares is a big as a big um kind of like a scary notion because with our magnetic poles of both north and south its main purpose and job is to protect this host that we're living on you know mother earth and everything in it so therefore every time the solar flare launches then the magnetic poles help push that that radiation around the earth 
and kind of it doesn't really affect us. It does, but it doesn't to the extent it messes with the weather system and stuff like that. On the other hand, it's it's almost as though the these solar flares that do happen to break through, they kind of mess with our cell service. They mess with your average day um day-to-day communication on on the microwave network and which is why they're bouncing around repairing the cell towers so much and there's a lot of work in the cell towers because all of a sudden the node's out and signals have gotten pretty bad and weak and they don't know why or something right i had went to an edison person oh my god i can't believe i just said that sorry i um i went to electrician company and I asked the guys, like, hey, you guys are kind of worried about having the lines up on top, right? You know where I'm going with <laughs> yeah. this, right? Well, I don't. I'm listening very carefully <laughs> to find out. I, I asked the guy, I'm like, aren't you guys worried about the lines and how the fact that we are shooting this energy down this copper wire that's going so far and then it kind of has to go through a transformer and gets reboosted power and then shoots it down another direction like why are you guys wasting your time with that like why are you not shooting it down a line of water which is a zero ohm connectability you know there's no there's no resistance in water whatsoever it, it like as soon as it, as soon as you put electricity to the water, it's it's all the way through to the other side to reach ground. And one of the guys said, "Well, that that costs too much money." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You know how much money you're going to save on all those damn, you know, uh, power stations sub set up every direction and all these different circuit locations and stuff like that? If you shoot the electricity down the line inside a conduit with water." maybe not water, maybe some other liquid of something. That's going to save a lot of money, and you're not going to have a loss of energy. The thing is, is that whether you're, let's just assume that what you're saying is true, according to physics, right? Well, that makes too much sense, Chris. <laughs> exactly, because then we, we, we don't make any money. <laughs> so now, um, along those lines, because you were talking about that because of solar flares and the protection from electromagnetic storms and things like that, and how you can send electricity. As I was saying about the the sun and 19.5, <clears throat> is that uh, a very fascinating thing about NASA is that every single, according to this book, The Secret Mission, and I forget what the authors are at the moment, and I'm not looking it up because I tend to get distractible. So, um, but this book points out that every single NASA mission, either the launch site and or the landing site, like on the moon or even the most recent ones to Mars a couple of years ago, every single time, every single time, let's assume this is true. This is why I'm putting emphasis on this. Every single time, the launch and or the landing site of NASA missions have all been at a, had a constellation of some kind like Leo, for example, at a 19.5 degree angle from the launch and or 
landing site every single time. A constellation, Chris. Yeah, that's Here's interesting. NASA <clears throat> doing missions, even the moon, like every single one, even when every single time they're like, oh, it's uh, it's behind or this failed or this didn't happen at the right time and all of that. But somehow every single time, even with all the delays and all that, which seemed to be a stage play, the launch and or landing sites have all been at 19.5 degree angles uh, in relation to some constellation, like Leo is one of them that I can recall. So that's a that's now, an acceptance then. That's like a gate code, a gate code uh, to to leave or yeah, right, something, something of a higher higher existence. But now yeah. listen to this. Here's what's going to tie it all in together, like the solar flares and other things like that. So. The highest mountain on Earth is not Mount Everest, as most people would believe just from pop uh, geology, I guess, or pop business, you know, culture. science, yeah. whatever. Yeah, culture. Um, so actually, there's a, I think it's called Mauna Kea in Hawaii. That's the tallest from the bottom because it's in the ocean. So from the seafloor to its top, it's the tallest mountain. Now, this wouldn't be significant until you hear the rest of this. Um, it's at 19.5 degrees north of the Earth's equator. Now, um, you go to Mars, and the largest mountain that has been reported to us and that we know of from all the satellite images is called Olympus Mons. And Olympus Mons is located at 19.5 degrees south of the Martian equator. Interesting. And then you go ahead and look at uh, Jupiter, and it has its dark, its great dark spot, and it's at 19.5 degrees, uh, let's say north of its equator. I'm not sure which one, but then there's a uh, Saturn that has its great red spot, or whatever. One of them has a great dark spot. One has a uh, another spot on it. Anyway, that one is 19.5 degrees south. So one of them's north, one of them south. But these are the placements of them in, in relation to their uh, global equators. Now, if that weren't enough of an observation, the sun, each and every single time it has a solar flare, it is either 19.5 degrees north or comes from 19.5 degrees south somewhere of its the solar equator. That's very intriguing. So, and so um, all this fear-mongering maybe perhaps is what it is because if you know where the solar flares, what, what angle from the equator they're coming from, right, the distance from the equator as far as 19.5 being, and when I say 19.5, I mean uh, like from the equator, you can go 19.5 degrees north or south in latitude, and it's exactly 19.5. And so... Um, so yeah, maybe perhaps this is some kind of, you know, Stargate as you were suggesting, but I, I don't know. All I can say is that from the information that I've studied and researched and gathered, um, things like that are very interesting at the very least. Well, I'm wondering. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I most agree. I'm wondering with the launch of, um, oh man. I think it was Columbia. It was about the time before my birth or at my birth or something like that um, in 86. Yeah. 
I'm wondering if that was actually at 19.5 or it was a different degrees point then. Isn't that the one that exploded? Yes. 1986. Yeah, uh, Columbia. Yeah, shuttle Columbia. But look at it. What's the name? It was Columbia. There's just a lot of weird stuff. So also on that, if you want to get conspiracy theory-ish with me here, um, a bunch of those uh, astronauts are still alive. Ooh, that's intriguing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. As a matter of fact, you can find videos where there are. Um, side-by-side comparison photos of them on YouTube um, with people who look exactly like the person with a little bit of aging and graying and all that, maybe some weight, but identical pretty much. And some of them are using different names, but some of them have exactly the same names. Really? And are like te- and are teaching at like universities and shit like that. So is that a possibility of a shift of dimension? Or is that a possibility have, of... I'm not... I'm not speculating on that. I'm just saying that's a curious bit of information. Right. You know, I mean, what, because I mean, there's so many different rabbit holes that that can go down. That That's like, OK, right. there's a glitch in the matrix. Number one. Number two, that's, um, you know, time shift that we saw and witnessed something. But yet then they were saved by what? Extraterrestrial. Yeah. And then, of course, it had to be all covered up and hush hush back then. And they were safely brought back down because it was a, a stupid error in mankind wouldn't that be something that i never thought of that that or doppelganger which they say that that you all everyone has a doppelganger here on the planet yeah i've seen them um but um so again those are some very interesting things so all from this title of Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion and Subquantum Kinetics. Uh, my friend Vlad came on and we had an interesting conversation about uh, feminism. And then uh, you came up here and we, you know, talk about uh, and anti-gravity quantum. Archaeoastronomy. Archeo, right. Solar flares, uh, secret missions. Where, where, uh, 19. where were you going with with the secrets of anti gravity propulsion? I was going to talk about the secrets of anti gravity propulsion, which is a, the title of a book by uh, Paul Ayler Violet, who is a PhD um, a researcher, studier, physicist who um, has developed uh, something called subquantum kinetics, which is an ether physics that. Um, describes uh, and talks about and explains certain things like uh, 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 superluminal uh, travel um, and uh, and so many things involving the rethinking of physics uh, for show that you know he basically says Einstein got it all wrong. 
and he challenges a lot of things in physics. Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, I had some brief uh, um, interaction with him, correspondence with him, when I was buying a copy of one of his uh, updated editions of his book. Um, so I have a couple hard copies of his book, Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion. Um, one of them, I, I'm always leaving them everywhere for people. One is in California, one is in China, but fortunately there are digital copies, so I, I was buying one, and anyway, uh, as I was doing that, I found that he does some updates on his website, which I believe is called the Starburst Foundation. And I've heard of that. He, yeah, and he shows that at least at the last time I looked, which was a year ago or so. No, it was, no, it was a few years ago. And he was uh, putting up that he had four, 14 a priori uh, predictions uh, about physics that have now been proven true by physics. So he predicted things, and they've come to light in physics. One of them was the uh, the the, uh, the um, discovery that um, you can use a Turing wave model to uh, or Turing waves to, to model how energy and frequency is dis distributed across an electron. Um, and that may be completely incorrect uh, in many ways, but I do know that. Uh, he's applying something having to do with Turing to the frequency distribution across some particle. But I haven't looked at the research for a while. But I do know that several of the things when I looked and cross-checked, they turned out to be true. He also has published in his book several letters that he's made to several government organizations, including NASA, with ideas about how to improve propulsion and several things that he discovered in his ideas only to just kind of be you know, kind of pat on the head. You're like, you're a good boy. Yeah, thank you for bringing this to our attention. You know, we already know about this, this, and that. And we're doing this, this, and that. So kind of, you know, dismissive. But I haven't uh, looked at any of his updates for a while. But um, now that I'm uh, reanalyzing his work, it's something that I'll, that I have already scheduled uh, in my my media research planning. So. <clears throat> I just haven't done it yet because I uh, was no worries going to go yeah I was going to go over some of the surface things that I understand about the about anti-gravity propulsion and its relation to subquantum kinetics and also allow that to let what happens with you so just kind of freely speculate about all of these all of this uh, you know concept sci-fi rigmarole right right <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just a line from Rick and Morty is uh, uh, Morty's dad said that so yep yep Rick and Morty yeah. is like anyway. it's it's a it's it's a funny show and it's like oh my god I can't believe they just said that but okay <laughs> but it's already really it's also really uh, awe-inspiring and, and eye-opening and uh, it's just because of the fact that it's a cartoon and a ridiculous one at that with it's like the next really Beavis and Butthead kind of thing, really. Yeah, but it's way beyond that because of the high, con like really, it's high concept sci-fi rigmarole. I mean, it's right. really great. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, and and that. I mean, I every time I think about subquantum kinetics and this stuff, I I start to then think about because I love when people come up with these complicated sounding names for things because they want to sound all sound sciency. 
And I, I've been doing the same thing for years, because, and I think that it's hilarious when I do it. People don't know, because I don't talk about it a lot. I mean, I, I say it when I say it, like now, but I don't go out and be like, hey, I'm doing this because it's all tongue-in-cheek, and I think that this is funny. I just do it. Right. I've just been doing it for years. Right. Because also, I, I, I also understand how impressive it looks to some people and how it catches attention. And you kind of need that sometime in order to get people having uh, different conversations than the ones that they may be having that are not serving them. And so, uh, believe it or not, having conversations about anti-gravity propulsion and different types of physics uh, tends to lead a lot of people into metaphysics and understanding of the spirit and themselves and different things like that. So right. it, inevit it inevitably happens in, you know, today's culture. And, you know, everybody wanting to... You know, I'm I'm almost thinking with, with the anti-gravity slash uh, propulsion stuff, if, if we were ever to create that, I think that there's actually a warp of space and time because... Supposedly, there's really no matter, matter, matter out in space, but then they say that there's black matter out in space, and I don't think we have the technology yet to discover what really is floating out in space yet. And it seems to be a little contradiction, right? Right. And I'm, huh? Question. Did I suddenly get louder? You were. You suddenly got quieter, and then now you've gotten louder. Oh, okay. you, you've you've kind of filtered out a little bit, and then came back and filtered filtered out and came back. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think I need to change my microphone. Either that, or it's just the connection to the internet. No, I think this microphone is trying to clip my voice, but it's okay. If I, if I do this, it might sound better. Yeah, you're farther away. Okay, so that's farther away. Let's see this. Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion and Sub-Quantum Kinetics presented by Hakeem Ali Bokus Alexander and now Chris. Yeah, All right, closer. how about this, Chris? Better. Better, better, better. <laughs> All right, yeah, I just got to, you know, always figure out that microphone placement. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's just a, it's a good thing to, you know, change the thinking and to allow it to um, bring you to different places in your mind and just these types of ideas do that for me for some reason. And I do these titles and stuff like that. Um, like I said, ontological mathematics comes to mind when I start thinking of subquantum kinetics, just because it's just a mouthful. Ontological mathematics, subquantum kinetics, uh, hemispheric synchronization. It's just like, I just love, you know, it's, it's the use of the Greek and the Latin, which, um, you know, most of the you know English language is made of Mostly, anyway, it's on this Germanic backbone with all this Latin and Greek heaped upon it, especially in the medical and scientific literature. Well, <clears throat> almost every single word can, is identical. Can, it's just... can you give a definition of quantum? Yes, quantum is a discrete energy uh, packet. So, for example, um, a really good and clear example of this is that, um, let's say, a... Uh, of a proton, I mean, sorry, excuse me, proteum, which is actually hydrogen. <laughs> uh, protein, hydrogen, when uh, in its its uh, most natural form has one electron 
uh, orbiting its nucleus of a proton, a single proton. And it has a certain energy shell that it's in. And it's, it's, at a, it's at the highest energy level, which is closest to the, um, the proton. And that's, I think, at like 13.6 negative electron volts. I'm not exactly sure. Now, again, I, don't, I haven't looked at it for a while, that type of information. Wow. Um, but uh, Thir wait, wait um, 13 something? 13.6 uh, electron uh, electron volts. That's basically what an alternator does for your battery in a car. Really? 13.6 is what, um, usually what you're charging on your battery. Okay. Uh, um, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's very, so, very interesting. So, but, but I could be wrong about that number, but it is 13 point something. Anyway, the point is, is that there are several, there are various shells and different energy levels that the, fo that the electrons can occupy. And um, there are photons coming, like you, there are hydrogen atoms just flying around in the air all the time, right? Um, all over the place, everywhere. Hydrogen is the most abundant uh, element in the universe, according to uh, physics reports and what people say to us that report science to us, right? They say that hydrogen is the most abundant. And so uh, with that, um, there you know then that there's, that hydrogen atoms are then getting hit with photons of all kinds all the time right. from the sunlight. Right. But nothing is happening to most of these hydrogen atoms. Um, some of them, though, are because they have one electron. Sometimes uh, just the right photon hits that electron with exactly 13.6 electron volts and frees that electron from that proton. It gives it enough energy to escape, meaning what it does is the photon gives it enough positive energy to escape the grip of that 13.6 closest to the nucleus. So it's the magnetic so pole, basically. It pushes it off the magnetic pole between relative. Right, because it makes it less negative. Right. Because electrons are negatively charged and the proton is positively charged. So the less negative it is, the less attraction it has to that proton. But this is quantum. Quantum is a discrete packet of energy. And so in this in this case, that sounds like example. I, I don't mean to, I got to stop and talk real quick. That yeah. that almost sounds like what you just described was the negative and positive side of thinking. When you if oneself thinks one thing, whether it be good or bad, you're you're having that that battle in the quantum level in your own self. Yeah, basically. Because our brains are made sure. up of electrons and, and and neurons and all that stuff that are actually impulse firing of electricity. Well, yeah, I think that if somebody wanted to understand more about just all of existence as we know it from a physical perspective, that I would suggest uh, studying electrons and photons almost exclusively or studying electrophysics or even electroquantum uh, or quantum electrodynamics like uh, that was – Created by uh, Richard P. Feynman. Um, he's got several great books about the subject. I mean, I don't know if you, I mean I, I have a little bit of background in physics studying, but not not much. But enough to I have enough tenacity to sit with a, a book that he wrote that's only like fifty something pages long and spend like a year uh, figuring out what it means. Um, so, but. Um, but anyway, those those two things, photons and electrons, people can figure out pretty much almost all the processes that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, 
um, just going off on a little tangent here, for example, um, go. Yeah, our, meta go. Our, our metabolic process wherein we uh, eat C6H12O6, which is glucose, and breathe in uh, O2, which is oxygen. And uh, we also take in H2O uh, water. Um, uh, but the interesting thing about this, so um, we we take in uh, glucose and oxygen, for example, and in our body. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We bring those things, we break it apart for the energy. So that's what calories are, you know, um, it's literally a little tiny explosion in the mitochondria, which are the powerhouse of the cells. Well, the processes that go on with mitochondria, um, specifically with, with uh, glucose and oxygen, because you need glucose and oxygen together to have this interaction of releasing that energy. But the energy that's released um, in this metabolic process in most <clears throat> animals is you get heat, which is photon energy, a.k.a. light. You get um, carbon dioxide, and you get water as a result of the metabolic process from consuming and metabolizing uh, glucose and breathing in oxygen. So you get carbon dioxide, water, and light. So now you take those three things, water, light, and uh, carbon dioxide, and guess who eats that? Plants. Plants take in carbon dioxide, H2O, and photons. I was just going to say that. And and inside their um, photoreceptor cells, specifically the ones in something, their photosynthetic cells, they take specific frequencies of photons, and they take the carbon dioxide and the H2O, and the sunlight, and, the, and they put those together and make C6H12O6, which is glucose, and then they also expel oxygen in that process, which then comes back to us, and it's a cycle, right? So um, they take in the water, the light, and the carbon dioxide, and they put out sugar and oxygen. And we take in sugar and oxygen, and we put out light, water, and carbon dioxide. Wow, and that, so we just have a, this. That is a mutual uh, uh, existence right there. Yeah, and it's a wonderful cycle. Uh, part of that's the Krebs cycle in the human body, but 
um, anyway, so those kind of things with electrons and photons are everywhere. I mean, and it's in almost all the health science, but people don't uh, won't know it if it's not pointed out. For example, you'll hear a lot of talk about um, antioxidants and free radicals, for example. Again, a simple case of photons and electrons, specifically electrons we can talk about in this case, and free radicals, which are dangerous, are simply uh, when there's an imbalance of electrons. So for example, if you have a molecule, which of course is made of several different atoms, and, and this molecule is stable as it is, let me just go a step further and just give another example sure. that a lot of people will can relate to. Um, uh, people who are more pigmented, uh, darker skinned people, people like myself with brown skin or darker, mm -hmm. um, have a very uh, peculiar molecule that is one of the very few molecules that are surrounding and protecting the DNA of our cell. So it's one of the few molecules molecules that's allowed, if you will, to be close to the DNA in the cell, um, surrounding and protecting it. Surrounding and protecting it from what, you ask? Well, thanks for asking. Um, let me tell you. Um, protected from photons. This is what people are so concerned about when we talk about UVA and UVB, of course, UV meaning ultraviolet. Right. And ultraviolet is simply another frequency of light, of photons. It may come from the sun and other places. Right. But you see, we, if we think about quantum, the question you asked, what was my definition of quantum? We think of quantum again. It's a, it's, we can think of them like little tiny packets or balls, right? And so or like we can think of them as very tiny. Uh, a lot of physicists use billiard balls or pool balls as an example. So you got these these tiny uh, balls flying around all over the place. These these packets of energy, these spheres of light, and um, they're hitting, they're bombarding our bodies when we're out in the sun. And what are we to do? Uh, well, everyone has, for the most part, uh, the pigment known as uh, melanin uh, around their nucleus of their cell. It just so happens that darker skinned people have a lot more, obviously. And in the same way where it's uh, not suggested that you wear darker clothes when it's sunny and hot outside because darker colors absorb the light. Uh, the same thing is the job of melanin. It absorbs uh, errant photons from being able to strike the electrons around the DNA because if this were to happen and that that particular DNA molecule were in the process of mitosis or some other cell division process, then if it gets an electron knocked off, this is essentially what a free radical is, is now you have an imbalanced molecule or atom that's missing an electron, and so it can't do its job properly. So, this fo so the proteins can't fold properly or the process of uh, mitosis cannot occur properly because this one atom has an electron missing. And so its its energy is imbalanced and it's kind of like a tug of war and some side got like lost a man or lost a team member, lost the, and so they, uh, so it becomes imbalanced. The tug and the pull in here becomes imbalanced and this, this can, not always, but it can cause what we know as mutations, meaning it's a variant uh, and usually an un unwelcome variant in the way that the cell has now reproduce itself. And if this is like a skin cell, 
Well, then you're when that one splits, it's going to do it's going to make another mutant cell and so on and so forth. And then therefore you have skin cancer because you have all these mutated cells that are growing, but they don't have a they're not serving a proper purpose because they're not shaped the same way. They don't fit in the same way, like a like a like a set of Legos. They're supposed to snap in together so that they can exchange uh, blood and um, different nutrient materials and all kinds of stuff. And the whole microbiome of all the billions of and zillions of critters that that help us to survive symbiotically. Um, and so, uh, and so that's one of, one example again of quantum is that they're all just little packet. But you have to have the right packet of energy to have some influence because if you have a an electron on a hydrogen atom that has has 13.6 or needs 13.6 uh, negative electron volts to be freed completely from that um, that electron, uh, if you don't have that, it's just going to bounce off of it. Or in some cases, if it's less because there's different shells, because you can bounce from 13.7 to the next one, which is I don't, I don't know, I don't, let's just say it's 7.4. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and it could even be 13.7. I have no idea, but there are different shells. So one thing that can happen is that the um, electron can have what's known as a quantum leap, and a quantum leap is when it great goes show. from one. Sorry, <laughs> great show. Yeah, it's a great show on time travel. Yeah, and so when it goes from a quantum leap from a lower electron shell to one that's higher, um, that's called a quantum leap. But a set, but eventually, what happens is that electron will re uh, uh, distribute that photon that came in in the exact same energy that went in to get it to the higher level. And then what happens to it is it jumps back down to where its original state to where it was before. And so quantum leaps don't happen that long. It's like it takes that energy, it does what it needs to do at that other level, and then it goes back down to where it was before, where its home is. Um, and so all of these are quantum processes. And, and those were, you know, that's what a quantum process basically is. That's one of the um, one of the most easy, easily explainable quantum processes, I think, um, and it's just about energy exchange. If you you just think about it, like if there's um if there's a if you know those blue, um, well let's just talk about let's just uh, let's see, um, racket balls, right, um, or any of those balls that have like that, that it's just bare rubber. Right. Um, not like a tennis ball that's fuzzy right, or a right. baseball that has like all right. So a the lot bouncy of ball. Yeah. Yeah. And so imagine if that was just sitting um, on the ground or even. Uh, yeah. Just imagine one of those sitting on the ground and then you take another one of those and you throw it at that ball like straight down. You drop it on it. Well, it's going to hit that ball and somehow cause it a little bit of bounce and cause it to displace somewhere either left or right, just depending on how it's sitting or maybe just straight back up. As it bounces right back into the other one, right. but that's kind of what happens with these things, is that they bounce into other objects, and either they deflect off of it, or they get absorbed into it, and then the the particle that absorbs it does something different for a little while, like makes a quantum leap, and then releases that energy, and then goes back to doing what it was doing before. So it's like it's like, hey, what's up? It catches this thing, it goes, and it's like, look, I got it's, you know, what's funny? The idea that just popped into my mind, it's just, it's like somebody who like, who like wins the lottery or like gets, like a bunch of money from somewhere, like a big tax return or something like that. Right, and right. so then all of a sudden they're like living this high life for a little while, and then 
they spend all that money and then they're right back where they started yep, from the beginning. Right back right from the beginning. So that's uh it's a quantum leap. And that's a quantum process. So anyway, that was a long way to answer your question. <laughs> that um, was a, uh, that was a lot of information, a lot of knowledge right there. It's good though. But um it's uh yeah, quantum quantum world is interesting. I have no idea what's going on, but it's just fun to pretend that I do. Well, yeah, I think you're pretty much right on the right track. Um, I wouldn't say that. No, you're not. That well, that would be ignorant to say that. But um, it sounds very truthful to me, and it's very simple explained. Uh, I not... haven't, I haven't studied it, so I can't say yes or no or any. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, is that I take liberties with my examples, but the examples are true to the processes. I may not have the exact same numbers that I need, but those don't matter to understand what's happening. And and that's what that's the heart of I think theoretical physics, if I'm not mistaken, is that I can understand the concepts and ideas and I can even maybe come up with some that may be useful to, to attempt to be tested or not, but I don't uh, dabble that much into the mathematics of it. Well here um, here's a question for you. In yeah. in your study of field of of what we were talking about earlier a while ago, I I don't remember when that was, well, but we were, uh, we were talking about the hypnosis, right? Yes, sir. So in in that regards, the hypnosis of of what you have studied and and you do know to be true, and now looking at the quantum level of what you've just described, how much coincide do they actually intertwine to each other? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I thought it would be. Um, well, they have a very clear connection to me. And uh, in that, because of the fact that I uh, learned from a gentleman named Lee Spusta, who works at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, where I got a degree in clinical hypnosis in Tarzana, California, he has uh, a little um, more than a little information and knowledge about uh, binaural beats. Um, and he has his own production called Cymatics, where he creates these different sound healing energy designs um, that you can use for meditation and hypnosis and all, all kinds of things like that. Um, but they're based on... Uh, on the brainwave frequencies, which can be detected electromagnetically uh, through uh, various um, medical devices that have been passed Equipment, for yeah. use, yeah, like MRIs and right. um, electroencephalographs and things like that. Um, so you can detect the brainwaves, which have been very imaginatively labeled gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And I said that in the order of the highest energy to the lowest. And the reason why they're, like, for example, you have um, alpha is the hypnosis, daydreaming, relaxation, meditations, frequency. That's the highest at, at that point? No, sir. Oh. First one that was identified, which is why it has alpha. The second one that was identified is the brainwave we know as beta, which is when people are wide awake. The next one will be gamma, which is the highest one. Then there's theta, and then there's delta. 
Now, again, I'm not sure if that's how they organized the, the, um, the labeling of them, but when I said that, I was saying, no, sir, I think this is how I think they organized it because I do know that with like um, thermodynamics, they have this thing called the zero law, which was mm -hmm. which came after the first and second. So they're like, oh, we have the first law of thermodynamics and the second law of thermodynamics, and then they discovered something else, and so they decided to call it the zero law law of thermodynamics um, to put it in its place, sort of like a prequel. You know, like oh, we got one and two. Wait a minute, here's this prequel. So, and so that um, becomes before one and two then. Right. Yeah. It's becomes like a more of a foundational, a law. So um, they don't they don't know exactly if alpha state is the the highest state or they do. Oh no, this is known. It's not the highest state. So what I just said, I I lay I named them in order of the highest to the lowest, which is gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta in the brainwave. So the oh, okay. highest is okay. gamma. Okay. Okay. Right. And, and gamma. What like, what state is gamma? What state would that be considered in? As the human body, if you don't mind me asking. Well, in the human body, I'm not exactly sure what people would do with this kind of mental energy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But we're going to hold that just for a moment <laughs> while I take a take a break and let Chris take a sip of water or something. I'm going to do the same. And then um, I'm going to uh, let you boot yourself out of here and come back on sure. so we can continue our conversation. Thank you. You're down Thank you. To, uh, you're down to a minute 30. Um, yeah, and so do that, get some water, or whatever, and I'm going to... I'll be right back. ...prepare my little diatribe here. Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> That's Chris. Uh, Vlad, I saw you had called back in here earlier, Vlad. I don't know what you were trying to talk to me about. I'm going to take this call from Matt real quick before you come back, Chris. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is a Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion and Subquantum Kinetics. Hello, Matt. Yeah, well, hello. I just uh, tuned in. It's an interesting topic. And yeah, you you named the brainwave frequencies in the correct order. Um, yes, sir. And I'll just, you know, um, the the gamma frequency. A lot of times, it can be associated with um, like really high creativity, ideas, um, high artistic abilities, things like that. But um, you know, what do you want to talk about in terms of anti-gravity and uh, propulsion systems and uh, subquantum kinetics. Uh, you know, I, I have an interest in, in quantum physics and I, uh, I like science. I got my degree in computer science. Um, I actually had a NASA scholarship. I went to the JPL laboratory. Um, you know, I dig that sort of stuff and I also have for decades studied uh, UFOs. Uh, I, well, I wouldn't say studies. I would say I have an interest in them and I keep apprised of it. And I think that uh, 
you know, it seems kind of obvious that if it, those those craft, if we're going to think about um, those being non-human craft or or even human craft or reverse engineered or whatever, um, that they have anti-gravity propulsion mechanisms and that's how they can go 8,000 miles an hour or 12,000 miles an hour and and um, they're not subject to the g-forces uh, that would you know, yes. kill a, a human occupant or even an alien occupant um, so they're right. They're they're like in a little bubble, of uh, uh, that's insulating them, and also providing anti gravity at the same time. Yeah, the science uh, behind uh, sub quantum kinetics and anti gravity propulsion actually proposed that exact situation that you are talking about, and the science is very clear on what they're proposing. Um, I'm using a term right now from Star Trek, the remake of the movie. Um, but the, there was a scene in there where uh, they they talked about something called an external inertial dampener. External right, inertial right. dampener. So the problem with uh, close to speed of light or any travel, we can't even get anywhere near that with human beings is because of inertia. And because th that's what they know is the G-force. So the right. faster you're going, you get the force equivalent of gravity pushing against you to the point that if you get to a certain speed, it will literally liquef crush and then liquefy the human body if it keeps going faster. So utterly destroy and disintegrate once you start getting up to these really high speeds. And so this, of course, as many people might know, why astronauts have to go through rigorous training, including being put into something that's like a centrifuge <laughs> where they have to spin down, you know, be spun around to be able to experience right. and get their bodies used to the G-forces. So, um, but now in sub in mm -hmm. anti gravity propulsion, uh, the uh, the mechanism at work. I can explain it simply, but I'm not going to get into the deeper science of it just yet. Also, because I don't want to make any blunders in explaining it too much. But the the basic idea is that when you use uh, capacitors and you charge them with very very high voltage, um, and for example, um, if you so let me just back up a little bit um, the, and just explain the gravity that we feel. Most of us feel it as a as an attractive force, and that's what we feel as gravity. And um, just like other forces, subquantum kinetics proposes that there that gravity has an opposite. And so, just like you have a north and a south on a magnet. You have a plus and a minus. You have positive and negative, right, with electricity. So the negatives repel each other. The po positive and negative attract. So like repels and opposites attract in, in the case of physics. And so uh, gravity also supposedly has an opposite. And what we m normally experience is the falling, like you would fall into a well. And so they call this gravity a gravity well. And when you, this other type of gravity that's used, for lack of a better term, as propulsion, because it's not actually a propulsion in accordance with Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's not this type of propulsion. And so, But anyway, um, what happens is, is that uh, when you are able to charge a capacitor to on one end of a vehicle, for example, to be, to be giving mostly electrons, it will push away 
from 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 that direction. That's like a pull, a propelling force forward. However, you can do the same thing to the other to, to that same end of that vehicle and make it be highly charged with with um, positrons, which are the exact opposite of electrons. So you can make it exactly positively charged because it's a uh, right. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. So you know, if uh, if we just, for example, suppose for a thought experiment that there's um, higher intelligence uh, craft. Um, and, you know, or they could be humanity developing these kind of crafts, doesn't matter. Um, the way they would work is exactly how you describe to where on, let's say the front side of the ship in the direction it's flying or craft is uh, uh, Matt, sort I of just like wanna a, make, I just wanna make something clear. I'm not describing it. I'm retelling from research that was done by Paul A. LaViolette from his book called Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion, just so we're clear. I'm not, I'm, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm, it's a little bit different from a description because it's not my idea. I just wanna make sure you know that. Um, yeah, right, okay. okay. Well, thanks for clarifying. So yeah, the, the way that, you know, would make sense to work is let's say on the front side of the ship of the direction you were traveling would be like a magnet that's pulling you in that direction. And on the opposite, the backside would be pushing you or propelling you. So like you said, yes, sir. You know, positive on the front, negative on the back, or vice versa, so that it's sucking you in one direction and um, pushing you in the same direction at the same time. Precisely. Uh, and that cancels right? out the inertial force or it dampens the external and it dampens the inertia. And right, so then inside this bubble or inside this uh, craft or whatever, um, you're not feeling the effects of inertia, the, the effects of gravity, et cetera. You're in this bubble as if you're, uh, uh, imagine like you're floating on the space station where you're in zero gravity and uh, there's no downward force, there's no upward force, uh, no left or right, you're just uh, uh, neutral, right? And right. at the same time, you're able to over, you know, in a way, sort of overcome the traditional limitations of physics as we've developed them so far with, for example, if you're in a, a jet airplane and, and you're going 1200 miles an hour and you turn right real hard, um, you're gonna go through six Gs and black out, right? Uh, so this overcomes right. these issues. Yes. And also the stress that could be caused in the, the vehicles itself, of course. So. Right, right. And, you know, and I don't know if you're talking about human made craft or extraterrestrial craft, but you know, that there is, you know, a whole lot of reporting just, of, just you know, USOs. Just talking about the technology right. in general. Okay. So, but if you look at, you know, USOs um, instead of UFOs, instead of flying objects, un, uh, you know, unidentified submersible objects, these things apparently, a lot of reports fly right into the ocean, right into the water. They don't even slow down. And that would, because, that would be because they're sort of in this bubble, I guess is a way to imagine it, um, where they're, 
they're totally protected and isolated from from all those forces. So whether it's going into the water or through the air, you know, or through space or whatever, it's like their own. They're in their own bubble, and um, and that insulates it from. Yeah, it insulates the craft. It insulates the occupants, and uh, you know, wild stuff, right? Yeah, I, I've always found it fascinating just because, um, you know, I'm an adventurer motivated person and I would love like I, I had this thing that I said years ago, like I would love for all the technology to be used for getting it, making it possible for uh, people to be able to uh, have a lunch and be able to look out the side of their window and see the rings of Mars careening or the rings of Saturn careening by them. You know, I it would be such a fascinating thing if we stopped blowing each other up and using technology for all these horrible things on Earth that if we use them for adventure and exploration, there would be such a different uh, motivation by people. But alas, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. That that's a beautiful thought, and and also, um, you could go into things about energy production or free energy or whatever, and how much that would do for the planet Earth and the environment, and um, um, uh, helping out people in terms of money and economy and inflation and all that. And it, you know, I I don't know what your thoughts are or or, or knowledge or things you've heard about, but it seems like we we you know there's a lot of people that say we probably have that technology but it's being withheld um from humanity and that's a really uh sort of sad thing right because uh we we got that stuff and it could transform the planet it could transform societies it could transform each individual's experience and uh somehow it's being uh withheld well, some some people tell of breakaway civilizations. Have you heard of this? Well, and you mean that originated here and went elsewhere, or were elsewhere yes. and came here, or both? Because <laughs> um, yeah, par- partially a little bit of that. So Earth yeah. Earth originated uh, humans, uh, Earth Earth based humans. Um, who discovered uh, advanced technology through various means. Uh, and there are several factions of this who have done things like, for example, explored every single planet in the solar system and beyond into other galaxies um, and have these types of vessels, which, for example, may lead to uh, an idea that the so-called UFOs or UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, as what the military likes to call them now, um, are actually human manned or human uh, driven or controlled uh, vehicles. And um, that these uh, are part of this breakaway civilizations and they have you know, different agendas and they're using the technology and they have underground bases and all this, you know, the hollow earth comes into mind and, you know, all these other different kind of theories that are going on. But I mean, look at what, 
is presented even in three movies immediately come to mind that are presenting so-called conspiracy theories. One of them is the newest movie with Holly Berry called Moonfall, in which they discover that there's an, an, an alien intelligence inhabiting the moon, which is actually a spaceship. Now, I think his name is Jim Mars, but he published a book called Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon. And, um, and uh, that talks about the exact same thing, that it's hollow, that NASA actually crashed satellites into it, and it rang like a gong, like a bell for six hours, and it shouldn't do that if it's, if it's not hollow, and so many different things right. like that. Um, another movie that comes to mind that um, brings, like, these conspiracy theory types of things to light and shows that they're true is, uh, or just puts it in our faces uh, a little bit before that is the Godzilla versus King Kong movie where King Kong was in living in the hollow earth. That's where he came from. And that's like his original home away from, away from, you know, Skull oh, Island. Oh, right. And then right. an older, another movie is, uh, um, Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skulls, where they find these perfectly formed crystal skulls that have no sutures and no cracks or anything like that, or should be broken because of the different fissures that are in, in them, but they're perfectly smooth with no, uh, imperfections on the surface or anything like that. And then, you know, they bring them back to this temple in South America somewhere, and then it turns into this interdimensional or portal that takes them into space. And so, you know, you've got a lot of this stuff that kind of is just thrown in our face. I mean, even, you know, like there's this one movie I really love is a comedy called Paul. And um, what's really interesting is, you know, this this great alien breaks out from some, you know, government lab, and he's trying to get home. And, uh, and and I remember one of the the name of the agent in that movie. His name was Lorenzo Zoyle. And what's interesting about that is that there's an actual uh, a life saving product called Lorenzo Zoyle, but it's Lorenzo's oil. It's an oil. And but his, this guy called himself Lorenzo Zoyle. Oh. And I think that that is a fucking fantastic nod to something that a lot of people should know about. And I'm going to, I may go off on a tangent about that. Do you want to know about Lorenzo's oil? Yeah, I do. And I, I love tangents. So yeah, Lorenzo's go oil. So there's a movie by the same name that was written by uh, a medical doctor who also turned screenwriter. And, um, and so now, now is that David Mamet or am I thinking about somebody else? Anyway, um, David Mamet, I think he wrote Red Belt. He practices jujitsu. He might be a physician. He may or may not have done uh, – there's a movie called Lorenzo's Oil. And so the basic story is there's a boy named Lorenzo, and he's stricken with a disease called ALD, which stands for adrenoleukodystrophy. It's one of the the, the, the demyelinization diseases like uh, – um, multiple sclerosis and things like that, where it eats away at the myelin sheath. Um, and people, you know, doctors don't know why. They say it's autoimmune. Right. Why, is, why is this happening? Well, uh, um, Michaela Adoni and uh, uh, I forget what Lorenzo's father's name is right now, but she was a, t a teacher and he worked for the World Bank. Anyway, uh, there's the, the, the diagnosis, because her son started getting sick, and usually within two years of diagnosis, uh, because the, the, you know, the symptoms that the children are having are not, you know, something you can ignore. And so they get taken to the doctor and usually two years after I diagnosis, they die. Um, well, uh, 
Lorenzo's parents were determined to not let this happen, of course, um, as any parent would want to save the life of their child, but they happened to have be in positions where they had the resources. Like I said, the father was, you know, worked for the World Bank and I, the mom was a teacher at a university nearby. Um, and uh, so they went to work and researching. She went to the library every day. They took turns doing research and what they came up with is basically they discovered or a, a mechanism that was causing the demyelinization in these children. Um, and it was, and they discovered a, the mechanism at play is something called competitive inhibition. And so basically um, the fatty acids that people take in from their diet, or in particular, in this case, Lorenzo, whatever he was eating, these enzymes would elongate fatty acids into very long chain fatty acids. Um, and they're saturated fats and, and, and there's different ones that are, that are good and ones that are bad. Anyway, um, in the case of children who have, and they're usually boys who have adrenal leukodystrophy, or I actually, I think it might be, it's a sex linked genetic disease. I think it's passed down from mother to child, but it only affects boys. Uh, um, diseases are very strange in how they do things like that, by the way, it's interesting. It's also interesting how uh, women, by the way, another tangent side note, did you know that the mitochondrial DNA is passed, is the only DNA that's passed down ex without uh, any editing in its exact form from a mother to her children? No, I didn't know that. But, that's that's fi fascinating. But it can only be yeah. passed down from from women in the exact form. If you have, if a woman has a son, and he has children, then that mitochondrial DNA gets changed. But if she has a daughter, but only only the oh, daughters can right. pass down completely unbroken genetic lines that can be traced through the mitochondrial DNA. So in fact, if we really want to be uh, real about it, women oh. should be the one who give men their last names because they are the ones who actually pass down uh, the genes in the exact form. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, right. back to Lorenzo's oil. Um, the uh, So what they found was that these fatty acids, because this enzyme was elongating these fatty acids in a bad way, and when those fatty acids get into the body, they eat away at the myelin sheath. And myelin is another fat. So it's um it's a it's a chemical reaction and where the myelin starts to be degraded by these very long chain fatty acids however they found by experimentation that by giving olive oil um and uh rapeseed oil and then they refined it to very specific erucic acid from rapeseed and uh, oleic acid from olive oil and gave it in large doses those saturated fatty, fatty acids when put into the body distracted this enzyme from elongating the bad ones. It prefers for some reason to elongate the oleic acids and the erucic acids. So while it's distracted by that, it cannot elongate the bad ones and therefore it halts the disease progression and its tracks. And they discovered this completely by trial and error because they just researched their asses off and, and um, spent all day and night trying to save their son's life. And so they came up with this concoction after they brought it to different doctors who would distill it and, and, and get it down to the exact um, molecules that were needed for this. They created something called Lorenzo's oil, which um, again, it's something ca called com competitive inhibition because it, it was competing. Oh, right, right. For, and so the, the comp competition of putting in these good fatty acids 
made the, the enzyme compete for which ones and therefore it inhibited the, the elongation of the other ones, which was causing the problems. So, um, yeah. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish I remember the name of the guy, um, but have uh, that's uh, I, I listened to a whole talk by him um, and this man won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for longevity. And um, he was really into olive oil. And he, you know, basically drinks a pint of olive oil a week <laughs> and has been doing this for 20, 30 years. And it, it's those healthy fats, which I think are the unsaturated fats, not saturated fats, of olive oil, coconut oil, um, uh, avocado oil. You know, these are the oils that are that are good for us. And 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 the the omega-3 oils and those unsaturated oils, they're one of three primary micro uh, macronutrients. Um, so, you know, those those healthy fats. And he said this about olive oil. And what he said was, um, and I'm sure, you know, maybe he was exaggerating the point. Maybe he wasn't. Matt? And uh, what he said was food is really just a carrier mechanism to get olive oil in your body, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, he was probably exaggerating, but he's like, well, uh, this, this I guy just would point buy... out something, Matt, that I, I yeah. believe that olive oil and coconut oil, they are saturated fats. They're just different in their nature, but they are saturated. Different yeah. types. Okay. Yeah. So, but they're different than say the type of fat that's, uh, you know, in uh, red meat, um, and, well, you know, the problem is, is the when people talk about denaturing, it's like most of the saturated fats, like let's say um, margarine, is they force hydrogen yeah. into the spaces. That's why it's called hydrogenated. Right. And so that's what makes, and they saturate right. it with hydrogen, but it's an artificial saturation and certain types of saturated fats have these um these problems with hydrogen placements. And so that's why they're bad. So any, anyway, I apologize for cutting you off. I just, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, it, uh, and I've heard about margarine is like one molecule away from being plastic basically. And, you know, plastic is made from petroleum, um, you know, which is oil. So, you, you know, you can imagine that, but going back a ways to what you were talking about, a couple interesting thoughts occurred to my mind. Um, and you were talking about, um, you know, maybe races of, or, or um, humans going um, off into space that, that um, you know, I guess in a way, you know, it could be a theory of maybe, maybe, you know, 2 million years ago, 3 million years ago, mankind evolved to a very sophisticated level, even beyond what we're at today, and um, left the planet, explored the solar system, etc. And then we had things like the Great Flood or or um, uh, you know the uh, you know big uh, meteor came and wiped out the dinosaurs, wiped out the man, whatever, uh, uh, or or uh, certain ancestors, etc. But but perhaps at some point um, there's an alternate version of history where mankind evolved and left the planet, went inside the planet, yeah, hollow Earth thing, and then there's this other lineage of man that's progressed on a different timeline, a more recent timeline, that maybe we're just getting 
close to back to how sophisticated and advanced in the technology that we had maybe long ago. And Matt, yeah, I, uh, what you were saying about. Are you sure? The, are you sure that you want to no, go? No, I'm not sure. No, I mean, are you sure that you want to go down this rabbit hole with me? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, well, you, yeah, we can go ahead. You know, uh, I, 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 I don't, um, I do think generally speaking that there has been a rise and fall of human evolution and technology over a great span of years that is very different than what they teach us in the public education system. Uh, of that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I yes. think there's evidence to back that up. Um, I might so have to agree I, with you then. Yeah, I think we've been around a lot longer. There's been rises and falls, and they they occurred so long ago. Uh, you know, we have very little evidence and remnants and archaeological things to back that up. There are some though, and some of those archaeological things, like uh, you know, I've seen where they they found in a two million year old rock embedded within it. Um, basically a capacitor, you know, that would be there used in a, a radio a or a computer or stuff like that. So there might be archaeological evidence of advanced technology that goes back, you know, perhaps millions of years. Yeah, there are a whole lot of those things. You know, this gentleman who wrote the book Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion, Paul A. LaViolette, um, it would be a really good idea for a lot of people to look at some of his other publications um, because he uh, not only talks about that, but he's a fascinating person in that uh, his books, like, for example, he's got one called Genesis of the Cosmos, the ancient science of, of uh, continuous creation or decoding the message of the pulsars um uh earth under fire is another one of his books so well, you know the 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 title itself makes me fascinated and makes my mind real and makes me want to read it right that that's just yeah. cool right there so he um and there he draws to, i mean i it's it's amazing um, I, I'm not going to get too much of that now. Maybe at some point in time I'll read some stuff from his books, but he's just – it's mind-blowing. Like it's not just this anti-gravity propulsion. That's like his main book that he pushes because it's heavily based in physics and science and mathematics. Um, and his other books are as well, but he actually shows how um, astrology and other ancient texts actually show and are compared. He shows side-by-side -side comparisons of how they actually – a show in a sequence of, of the creation of existence. Um, and going back to what I was talking about, subquantum kinetics, which I'll get to in a second, but I went off on a tangent of Lorenzo's oil simply because of uh, a character's name was Lorenzo Zoyle in a movie called Paul about an alien who escaped from a government facility and wanted to get home. And, and amongst the other movies that I had mentioned that are putting sort of things in front of our faces or kind of mocking the conspiracy theories and everything like that, which may not necessarily be uh, conspiracies or, or in the sense that people think about them like being fake for the most part, because that's what people think of conspiracy theories. They think right. they're made up. That's, right. And, yeah. 
and I think that's an interesting point, and that made me think of, you know, I, I think, you know, did you ever wonder, maybe the people that are making these movies are, are putting those things in there on purpose, they're trying to wake us up, they're trying to sort of enlighten us, they're, they're putting some, some truth in there to be like, hey, I know this is a fictional movie, but, um, you know, I'm going to put some truth in here. So hopefully, you know, I can wake you up or wake humanity uh, up a no, little bit. No, they're fucking with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's one or the other, right? <laughs> well, look at you this. Know? There are numbers that pop up all over movies. Now, I uh, could be called a numerologist in some sense of some of the things that I do. And one of the things that I noticed is, uh, for example, let's just look at pop, pop, popular movies, just so I, because most people would know of these if they could look at it and check for themselves. But um, in the movie uh, The Dark Knight Rises, there's um, some scenes leading up to uh, this incident at a football stadium where the mayor of this uh, of the city of Gotham gets killed in an explosion and right before he gets killed in this explosion they show the number 322 um, underneath the the box the the, the the place where he's his, his seat they show the number 322 and it's like right underneath him or something like that but it was very apparent that it was being shown and then there were other numbers in the movie leading up but the, the point about that is that around the same time I believe like 2000 few years ago, 13 or 14, a movie came out called um, Olympus Has Fallen. And um, that movie came out on March 22nd, I believe, of the year it came out. Now, the one interesting thing that might be obvious to a really crazy conspiracy theorist is that that's the number that you see underneath the skull and bones of the Skull and Bones Society, um, which, which represents ISIS which represents the book of Genesis because the book of Genesis means the gene of Isis, um, which comes from her name, which is Ostrogene, um, which is the same thing as testosterone because estrogen and testosterone are both the names of gods, Isis and Osiris, which were their Greek names. But Oster is Osiris's Egyptian name and Ostra is, is closer to the original name of, of her name in Egypt even though that name is used in Greek for the word for star, which that's what they all are, Oster. As a matter of fact, you can find in an appliance company, and in the O, there's a four-pointed star in the middle of it. It's like they're just mocking us with this stuff or just showing us codes. Who knows what the fuck is going on, but it's very interesting. Um, and so you have uh, the god Osiris, the male god in your testicles, basically, because it's the male hormone, testosterone, and you have Isis or Ostra, ostrogene, and the female uh, hormone, estrogen. Anyway, um, so uh, the numbers, though, I, I can go off on these tangents all day. They just fill my mind with madness. Um, but the, uh, the number 322 before he got killed. So the interesting thing about that is that this number is connected to presidents. The movie Olympus Has Fallen involved the White House being taken over by Korean terrorists who flew over and overthrew the White House and killed pretty much everybody in there and took the president hostage. And Olympus is the president, so Olympus has fallen. And it's just interesting, these connections, like you have a political figure in Batman being killed with the number 322 seconds after that. 
Um, it's a number that has been associated in conspiracy theory circles for years with the Skull and Bone Society that George Bush and several other people supposedly came from. And there's images going around with 322 underneath there. The connections to the Bible and ISIS and all other stuff like that, which is March 22nd, which is down, you know, the, there's different, um, you have, that's the, the spring with the vernal equinox, um, you know, because ISIS and her counterpart goddesses all over the world, which go by names like Easter, Esther, Aster, Astro, Asterisk, all those star names, uh, Ether, all of that stuff is all where is the birth of all things, Ether, even Ether physics, like subquantum kinetics, um, Ether, Esther, Estrogen, uh, Aster, uh, uh, East Star, even Oyster, um, West Star, even in Spanish, Oeste, Este, all of these things have to, are point to ISIS, but you know, uh, I don't want to upset, uh, you know, just people get religious about that stuff. <clears throat> um, anyway, um, so the number 322, uh, so that's an, one example of why I say, like, you know, it's just being put in our face and, like, what the, what's the point of all that? Why release a movie about the president being kidnapped and the White House being taken over on 322 and then showing a political – and, again, this – what I'm talking about right now is way far off anything else that I've said before, because the other things at least are grounded in science and mathematics. This is, um, it's high concept sci-fi rigmarole <laughs> is what I could say. It's conspiracy theory stuff. It's fun. It's interesting. It's, it, there's some numerology, interesting stuff behind it. Um, even in, in adding up those numbers together. Another example of this stuff in movies, which is very interesting, is uh, the movie Skyfall uh, is a James Bond movie. There's a uh, scene where, hold on for a second, somebody's, oh, it's Chris again, awesome. Chris is waiting in the queue. Chris, I see you, sir. I'm gonna be with you in one second. I'm gonna tell this story and we can switch back and forth. I'm enjoying uh, exploring my brain on this stuff. Uh, um, and so in the movie, he's chasing this villain, and this guy is uh, wearing a police uniform, and he gets on the train, and um, you're looking at these train car numbers. And first of all, uh, the the guy who's who's wearing the, the villain who's wearing the police disguise, I, I think his hat or on the side of his uniform, it has the the um, the number 101, like like in college, you know, English 101, right? So it's 101. The beginning of, of, of the initiation, the opening of knowledge. And then right after that, after he turns and you see that on his shoulder, he walks through a car train door that has the numbers 96669. So it's two nine, it's nine sandwiching the 666. Right after you see the 111, it's like, what's going to happen here next? The other interesting connection to that is that Neo in the movie The Matrix, his apartment room door is 101. And Right in that scene, they show the one on one. He goes through the whole thing, and then he sees the white rabbit, and then he goes down the matrix. He gets, you know, meets Trinity and all that. So, there are so many of these things in a movie that they don't tell you about, but they show numbers and things like that. And so, when you say, uh, "What do I think about this?" or is it sometimes I, I think they're fucking with us. <laughs> you say like, "Why are they putting it in there?" Well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's both. I, whoever, I totally whoever they, whoever they are, right? Right, right. I totally understand what you're saying, and I and I think that that stuff is in there where they're kind of fucking with us, and maybe it's some sort of a, a, a cult things going on, some sort of 
Illuminati stuff, um, you know, whatever. I think that's going on. But I, I also, uh, on the other side, I think there are and and aliens. You know, well, no, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, ancient astronauts say yes, aliens. Uh, no, I think on the other side, there there are a lot of um, very positive meanings and truths embedded in science fiction and movies um, that are uh, trying to give people some help. Um, so I think both of those things are going on. And so well, all of it can that, be positive, right? Like electricity can cook a man or cook your food, right? Right. Or the internet. The internet can control us and spy on us and manipulate yep. things. Or or it can give us the wisdom app where we can talk yep. to and communicate with each other. So, you know, any anything, whether it's technology or whether it's movies or whether it's music or whatever it is, um, can be, you know, sort of benevolent or malevolent in terms of uh, its intent, its creators, its purposes and reactions. But hey, uh, you know, you got Chris on the line and I think it's yeah. the same Chris that I've talked to a couple of times. It and, is, uh, it he's is the same great, guy. Yeah, he same is. guy, he's, I, he's a great I heard guy. You, so, yeah, I first I'm heard gonna, you talking to him before. So I knew it would be a good conversation yeah. with you because I heard you talking on his uh, interstellar frequency show before. Yeah. Or he called you. One okay, of the, so let me click the, yeah, he called in yeah, my show. Yeah, yeah. And we had uh, great, great talk, and he called yeah. back. Let me uh, click the leave button. Let Chris in here, and let's banter this stuff around for a while. Matt, um, it's such a pleasure meeting you. Um, am I? Oh yeah, I'm already following you. Uh, so I'm already following you. I don't. I think that's why I already followed you because um, you were talk. I heard your conversation with Chris. So that's awesome. Um, it was great talking to you, Matt. That is so amazing. Uh, you guys are really cool um, for, you know, asking me these questions that make me think about this stuff. It's so yeah. funny. Like I have this stuff sitting in my brain and it's like, you guys are just typing in a search engine. Like when you right. guys ask me a question, it's like, I have a search engine. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're like the new Google, up. man. New Google. <laughs> it's funny. Hey, Matt, I want to say, hey, it, it's awesome that you popped up and jumped in over here. I that's that's what we need to do is do like a hour long show or thirty minute long show and change the settings so that way we could just kind of banter back and forth and just keep going instead of that damn time limit stuff you know well um I don't want to take you away oh from no the worries. um from from the uh wisdom app, but there's a place um that I use um where all three of us and more people can talk at the same time, you know of course respectfully. But I have a little gang that I run around with um, in these different apps, and we have conversations sometime, and then we use them as planning uh, sessions, like breakout rooms. And then what I'm doing, my thing is, is I'm just going around from – so anybody listening, here's a secret that I have about building your following and, and having a gang of people around you whenever you want to. It's called Social Proof Formula. And I'm not going to tell you about it right now. I'll tell Chris and Matt, but I'm not gonna, my, my team already knows, but I'm going to tell you guys later. It's pretty awesome. Um, anyway, we uh, we go and we speak in these different places sometimes. And uh, and then other people like Graciela Moore and, uh, and Rodney and Cecilia Grace and several other people who use different platforms. I've followed them to those platforms of social audio and things like that. And have found a way to 
repurpose and even hack these these um, these technologies, these apps, to do some pretty amazing things. Like I, I was able to open up a clinic online because you're able to have these private spaces with people and these really simple, undistracting rooms. Yeah, you can do like a Zoom talk with one person, but for a person who does a talk-based therapy of clinical hypnosis, I don't need to have video and all this other stuff, especially when you have the ability to put links and stuff into there. But anyway, I want, don't want to digress about away from what we're talking about, but Chris, we can talk uh, about how we can like travel through the metaverse and no. do some really cool stuff. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, not, not to derail that or anything like that, but with what Matt had said and how much was talked so far, I almost forgot what the last question was that I had asked you. Do you happen to remember mm. what it was? So let me let me give you a refresher. So what I had asked you before I had bounced out and got some water and stuff like that. Um, it was about the quantum level of discovery of the the gamma, the alpha, and all the other. Ah, uh, yes. And then okay, how much of that? coincides with with hypnosis yes of what your your knowledge in the hypnosis of the mind yeah. and the brain how how much okay. is that co-aligned with yeah thank you i appreciate you recentering that and i don't know if i really made any connection to like the anything about quantum and the discovery of the brainwave frequencies um those two things happen completely separately and people weren't even thinking about it when they were doing those two um, but they, but they ultimately, just as everything, have a very intimate and powerful connection. So, um, the uh, the idea of the brainwave frequencies uh, and what we were talking about before, with like subquantum kinetics and quantum uh, physics, and how that relates to hypnosis, um, is in the, or I, at least I can explain it from things that I currently use and, and what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, that have to do with uh, altering the mind and using physics to do so, um, and why and how hypnosis also does that. Please, please explain if you don't mind, because it, it, this is something that I've been um, wanting to kind of know. So, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, first of all, the definition. So, I, I said this before, but you know, some people may. Um, start listening to this, whether it's recorded or live uh, at this moment. And so uh, in 2004, I enrolled in a professional school uh, called the Hypnosis Motivation Institute in Tarzana, California, which has the distinction of being America's first nationally accredited college of hypnosis. Um, I believe it was founded in 1967. It's more than 50 years old. It was founded by Dr. George J. Kappas. Um, he's had many accomplishments in uh, the field of hypnosis, including his definition of hypnosis being in the United States Dictionary of Occupational Titles, um, being able to help to found the American Hypnotist Association, which is the Hypnotherapist Union, and a certifying body that is separate from the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. Um, and they are accredited to such a level that they are also 
recognized by the Department of Education. Of course, you can check out their website because you can only get the EDU designation uh, in such a case. It's hypnosis.edu. Um, but they also uh, have just released uh, an associate of psychology program, a mind-body psychology program. And any, and even before that, if you are a physician or a nurse or a psychologist or any medical or healthcare professional that needed to get continuing education credits from, you could go to that school and get them. Whereas a lot of places that teach certain things that might be considered um, metaphysical or alternative won't have such a distinction. I just wanted to make that clear too. So proceeding forward, what I'm talking about is not just me speculating about it as I usually 